1: Severe MMA Severe MMA <laughs> Severe MMA Severe MMA The Severe MMA podcast is finally here.
0: What is up everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Severe mma podcast episode 244 joined today by the david clifford of irish mma media graham mcdonald the prodigal shill is back to join me today on the podcast graham how are you how are things
1: yeah, can't complain. Um, just back, so uh, you know, your the sleeping patterns are a little bit off. Like woke up, uh, tried to sleep through the event last night, but woke up at three a.m. and couldn't get back to sleep. So, uh, just before three a.m., so I ended up uh watching watching it live when I I didn't intend to. But uh, besides that, I'm good. It's good. To, good. It's good to be back.
0: Very good. Yeah, my sleeping patterns a bit fucked. <laughs> So last week was a rough one of me. I know, I, I, I hate talking to lads who were in Vegas. I was talking to Philip O'Connor as well yesterday. I was like, yeah, that sounds a bit weird. Me saying my f- sleeping patterns fucked up when you flew like twenty hours or something whatever back from Vegas. But yeah, tends to be alright. How was the week anyway out there for you? How how was uh, how was it all in general? Tell us
1: yeah it was different than most trips to Vegas because most trips to Vegas is like 40, 44 degrees, and like you, every time you walk out of a building, you get smacked in the face with heat, mm-hmm. but uh, it was cold in the mornings and cold in the evenings when the, when the sun wasn't out, so it was it was a bit less intense. <laughs> and, you know when you're walking around and it's so hot and i'm sweating and your, your hands are sweating and stuff it's, it can get uncomfortable but uh yeah this time it was a little le- it was a little less uncomfortable the the heat so uh i don't oh you know me i don't do well in heat
0: <laughs> oh, yeah i wouldn't be a big fan of heat either from an uh, from an mma point and stuff I was it? like i know you were obviously doing you know the whatever you do out there and fucking chilling around with, with conor mcgregor and stuff like it, it seemed obviously myself and phil talked about it and i had the other lads on the podcast as well talking about it like it seemed as if conor mcgregor was in uh, like a, a better place than he's been in a long time and we've obviously maybe he's been that way for a while but he hasn't really been speaking to the media or anything it was very much like you know we can talk about what will come later and all in you know and we've talked about that i talked about it and all but it seemed like it was a success really of a week for him wasn't it
1: oh definitely yeah it was definitely a success like uh he he took no damage he won impressively in his comeback like people can say what they want about donald after the after the fight but uh you know for connor is a lot of pressure like if you lose that fight or Mm -hmm. don't look impressive in that fight it's kind of that that belief people have in you is probably gonna gonna fade a lot and people a lot of people are gonna give up on you and it 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 to be a long while back to back to any kind of title. It'd it'd be be, in people's minds you kind of be uh uh, washed up. So obviously, obviously there's a lot of pressure there. Like uh, I know Chael Sonnen says a lot of things and he says a lot of stupid things. But he said one thing he did say that I thought was 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 uh, correct was yeah you can lose a world title fight and kind of and everybody will kind of write it off with that you lost to. to to a champion but when you come back and you're of the level of conor mcgregor you you need to go out and look impressive and finish somebody like donald Mm saroni and i think conor knew that and he did that
0: yeah i was like uh, esther lynn put up a photo of mcgregor on like his knees after and he was It reminded me of remember when he beat chad mendez and he had like the ireland flag and he was hugging and he was like crying into the flag and stuff kind of it reminded me a little bit of that like the that that fight obviously we've seen the documentary he's Basically, fucking two knees gone and everything, and Aldo, he was supposed to fight him and came in. Mendes in short notice, and everyone talks about the wrestler and all. And the first round, you know, i been, mean, uh, you know, okay, you, you'll argue he won it, but it went badly enough for him compared to what he'd usually been like, you know, where he was dominant. You know, Chad Mendes landed that big elbow and stuff, and it was a, a big relief for him. It seemed like there was a big relief here as well. He didn't really face the adversity in the fight, but I suppose. Coming up for the last couple of years, and a lot, um, all of it was his own fault. <laughs> I suppose most of it, anyway. The adversity was his own fault. But like watching the fight afterwards, maybe, in, and in the week since we've we've kind of been talking about it, I feel like that's possibly the biggest thing for him personally you're looking at it, and like you look at him jumping up in that cage afterwards and there's the, the kind of the release the pressure and you know he's always asked about pressure and he said like you know he he, he says I like the pressure and you know I, I have to kind of lose everything to win everything back and he's that sort of guy but like you you spoke about before him you spoke about him when we were talking about Wonderboy and you always talk about people like backstage and they're like waiting to go out for a fight and it's the big lights and they're just not ready for it and he seems to thrive that that situation, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, it really does. Like, um, it's like it's easy to say that, and a lot of fighters do say that. And yeah. actually, increasingly, like you know, um, Donald and uh, Don Cerrone and Darren Till, and a few others have come out and said, "No, I, mm-hmm. like I, I may, you may think I'm this, this like you know top guy, but I still get these these unbelievable nerves before the fight and these these bad thoughts in my head." But a lot of fighters over the years have said, "Oh, I don't feel pressure," but they do, mm-hmm. and, and it's natural for any human in in a, in a pressure situation to feel anxiety or pressure but connor seems to just deal with it and kind of channel it into into something positive and looks even better in the in the cage than he does when he's when he's sparring or when he's training mm-hmm. which is
0: super rare yeah it's mad it? like yeah it's, it is rare. what was the crowd like out there in terms of irish people you see many irish people i know it's a bad time of the year and everything but was there many compared to usual
1: um, see, I wasn't like you, you when you when you when you go to the event and you're staying in the MGM Grand or you're staying in one of those hotels, you really get a feel for what's going on. But when you're when you're kind of like half an hour away from from the city center and yeah. uh, you don't really get a feel for it. But at the at the the press conference on the way, and you hear the Irish chants, you see the Irish flags, but it's hard to know if they're Irish Americans or if yeah. they're Irish people living in America or there's definitely some people coming over. As well you also hear a lot of stories of people oh my friend didn't get through he was he was stopped at the airport and stuff like that as well so mm-hmm. yeah, it seems to be a lot more difficult than than it was before for these for for people to make it over yeah for n- numerous reasons
0: well, and i suppose la- we've talked a lot about gone McGregor with but but who's next like I, I did a i did a podcast over on our patreon if you haven't signed up patreon.com for access if you my podcast the other day and i kind of fleshed it out a little bit I did a little bit of a kind of an essay on who should be next for mcgregor and in the end, I came to like Justin Gaethje. I feel like, you know, oh, go on, go on. I, before I explain my part, I feel like you have feelings on that. Tell us.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Gaethje kind of, his chance to get the fight to really push for it was the, the the fight that just happened against Donald. That was, it seems like Connor kind of has bigger fish to fry than, than Gaethje. I know Gaethje's like, like one of one of my favorite fighters to watch and probably one of yours and yeah. you know he's on Team Graham and all that stuff and he's like you know he pretty much guaranteed a great fight but I think there's bigger money fights than that I don't know if many casual people casual seems to seem to think oh is it going to be Diaz is it going to be Masvidal or is it going to be Habib again
0: but do you think, like, when you're talking about big money fights, is that not getting away from this season of three fights to get back to where he was? But the
1: UFC are paying them a lot of money, uh, presumably to fight, and they don't. They want to get the like. I guess they don't want this Masvidal or this Khabib fight to slip away. Like you know, take a risk.
0: Yeah, but do you not but think the, like, Conor draws? Uh, like I, I don't. I actually don't think Masvidal personally is going to draw. I, I think it will draw a bit more. But like, I think Conor by himself is just the draw. Like at this stage.
1: Yeah, I think so, but I think uh, I, I think like w- if the Gaethje fight was put together, people start checking out the the Gaethje highlights. They'd be yeah. pretty excited pretty quickly. Yeah. So like, I wouldn't rule it out, but I do think that uh, he kind of I don't know, he took the wrong path, Gaethje, of, of trying to get the the, the fight. Like, uh, you know, if, if if you if you if you're just gonna kind of cause trouble it's probably like I won't give you this big payday you you don't deserve it
0: my my thinking is actually like I haven't even kind of thought about it from Gagee's point of view I'm looking at it completely from McGregor's point of view like I think and my my biggest part about this is right remember that time when I, I was at the I think it was maybe the Deneceiver fight when he made 145. Remember that? And he got up on the scale and he goes, 145, that's championship weight. Remember that? He like roared it out. Yeah. I think he needs to do that again at 155 because Habib is the champion. If Tony Ferguson beats Habib, okay, maybe it's a a different thing. But I feel like he needs to do that because Habib has said this 100 million and this 10 fights and everything like that. And I know that this is all bullshit and he'll, he'll end up fighting him again. But I feel like if McGregor goes in there, right, makes 155, championship weight and beats Justin Gaethje the consensus number one contender outside of Tony Ferguson I'm talking about after the Ferguson Habib fight that leaves it in no doubt like I feel like that takes away all doubt and all like this oh he's only gonna because he's Conor McGregor because he's the money fight because he's the big draw he'll have the big draw the money and then the deserving part as well and being at 155 like I just think it makes total sense if there was someone else at 155
1: well, I, I, like, yeah I, I, I know what you're saying and when you're like when he's coming up to 145 uh uh, pound f- uh, weigh-in against Seaver kind of was a what was a big deal but I think now like even if Gaethje and Connor were to fight and, and he did fight at 170 I think it wouldn't mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't it won't affect the Habib fight like the Habib fight it, it can be put together nobody's gonna be like ah yeah but he fought two lightweights at welterweight people would just be excited about the fight I don't think I don't think it's necessary to even I don't think it's absolutely necessary to even fight at 155 before fighting a bee at 155.
0: Yeah, I. I... I don't think it's complete. Well, I'd like to see it. But like, you because-
1: know it's not a league like people always act like it's this league yeah. or this quite it's not like it just isn't. There's I- no pointing yeah. about it like that. I,
0: I think it'd be I-, I think it'd be better off if he did though because like he's talked about the season. I've been saying this for for the last year that he needs to come back and if he wants to get back to his best, he has to get into training and train hard as he possibly can. He seems to have done that. He needs to come back and get this win in his first fight. He seems to have done that. And he needs to come back in and do another few months. That's all. I like I think this fight should be a few months away now. I think he needs time to prepare for it. While also like have that date maybe in May or June or whenever it is, and then be there and possibly step in to fight Tony or Habib if one of them pull out, be like ready for that as well. Like, I've, I've do you think he needs to have a date in mind before that fight happens?
1: Well I think probably in his mind the date is the what is it the, the middle of April
0: uh, April I think
1: yeah April April 18th that could be wrong We're middle of April anyway yeah. so I, I I'd say he you know fights and put together four times falling apart four times this is the fifth attempt mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say it's like a, a high likelihood in, in, that Connor will be getting ready for yeah. for any incidents there
0: this Masvidal fight to me is like I spoke about on the podcast It's I find it hard to speak about this Masvidal fight without being kindly of disrespectful to Masvidal because I, yeah well like I don't
1: I, what, what? why do people rate Masvidal so highly and like I know he's done well and all this but mm-hmm. people are acting like he's some kind of unstoppable killer guy yeah. I love the matchup for Connor. I think that's a, I think that's a first round knockout
0: McGregor at his best beats Masvidal like it's how, handy though, I think it's yeah. like
1: how does, how does Masvidal beat him like I don't know people think McGregor has no takedown defense or something it's like Habib had the most trouble he's had since Gleason Tebow taking down Connor. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't go that far no. well, who else who who did he have more trouble against I like Winter well you took him down often and early and then kind of ran out of takedowns more than like actual getting that first takedown yeah
0: well like i i've like i know
1: it's not as if like you know okay maybe you can make example but it's not as if you know oh he fucking he blew on him and he fell over and that was like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's why people act
0: yeah and
1: like oh if could bounce strike him and if he can't he'll just take him down it's like mm, i don't think it's gonna go like that
0: i yeah like i think if mcgregor is at his best he can beat him. Like it's still not proven if he's at his best or not, because we've only seen twenty seconds or the, or the forty seconds. Sorry, the forty seconds look absolutely unbelievable. I won't take anything away from him. That, but, but you know, if he, he if
1: he did come yeah. out and have like you know three rounds against Donald and and knock him out, then people be like, oh, it's not the O McGregor. McGre- O' McGregor used to get first round knockouts. He would have he would have ran three. Very he would have not landed a punch. He would have landed all his. You know what I mean? It would have been no matter what happens. People are going to be like, ah, but but we need more.
0: Yeah, but that's funny because he even but you said want
1: it in people need more like people yeah. you want people bait, with beta bread wanting to see more
0: mm-hmm. he even said it himself though like he replied to Stephen S and we'll talk about him in a second but he replied to Stephen S Smith there in the, in the middle of the night and said yeah you're right you didn't see enough of me because it only lasted 40 seconds or whatever and he said directly after the fight "That that's not 100% me yet I'm still improving to Joe Rogan in the cage directly afterwards so there is that improvement like it depends well, there is the cage
1: rust like uh, mm-hmm. Dominic Cruz can say all he wants that there isn't yeah, cage rust but exists, yeah. uh, you know we could see it from like I don't know the exact numbers, but if you look at guys who've had 400, 500 days off, and they're coming back, their their win percentage isn't going to be as high as mm-hmm. as if they were fighting actively. Like we, everybody talks about the Eddie Alvarez, Conor McGregor. That was a Conor McGregor who had been fighting consistently for years and years. Yeah. Like every few months, he's been in he had been in shape the whole time. We've been 100%. fighting every few months. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's just normal.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly why I think he needs a date quickly to be back in camp and be ready if he needs to step in for April, but then, you know, in the summer again or whatever, it, whether it is Masvidal or not. And I, I don't know if, like, I feel like Masvidal next would be wise if you're talking about money. Now, I think like I think he'd probably, I'd, I'd pick McGregor to beat him as well. I even said that before the Cerrone fight. I did a podcast with PC a while back. And, uh, you know, people have scoffed at me on that. And, uh, it, like, it's, it's short-termism, I think, for a lot of people. Like, McGregor at his best beats almost everyone yeah. in the no, world. Like, I, I, get could get see, I could see
1: people like people can make an argument for Masvidal but the argument that people seem to be latching onto of uh I could beat him everywhere, he's too big, he's too strong, is like every, like he basically people writing off writing off Connor, I, I don't see that at all. I would see Connor as a as a not huge favorite, but a decent favourite in that fight. Yeah,
0: so would I. But I suppose we'll talk about Conor Gregor over and over, over the over the next one. You're, what
1: do you think? Uh, like yeah. uh, the one seventy thing? Everybody was like, "Oh, it's a terrible idea, it's a terrible idea." Mm-hmm. What do you think? Did, did your opinion change afterwards, or? Uh,
0: I think uh, it's like, like you know, everybody's always
1: like, "I oh, shouldn't be cutting, shouldn't be cutting weight. It's dangerous, all this stuff." And then mm-hmm. two guys who are 55ers just go, oh, "Okay, let's just fight at 170. and Everybody's yeah, but, like, "Oh, this is terrible, this is terrible."
0: How much weight is he actually cutting, Though, like, he what, what was he? Wearing? He said he'd eat up to get the one. What was it? One sixty nine or whatever it was. Like, he
1: weighed in 170. 170 was a oh, yes.
0: So like you're not, you're well, like, not, Cooper, he's not actually you know but uh, him that much like.
1: That's what I mean. Like instead of cutting to the 55 him and Donald are cutting very little to none. I, instead I of think, cutting a lot.
0: I think the biggest issue for McGregor is actually in the fight itself. Like I I still don't think at 170 he can be the fighter he was at say 145 or 155 over like a 5 round fight. Like I I just a lot, and we saw the kick on Saturday I said it for years that McGregor's there's a head kick coming for McGregor, a finish coming, and he got it early. But like, if he kept throwing those head kicks, do you, I don't know what he'd be able to bring the cardio into the fourth and fifth round with that extra weight on him. Like, that's that's the thing. But if, mean, you,
1: if you if you watch his kicks, uh, his left high kicks all throughout his career, like uh, mm-hmm. in the Dave Hill fight, they're not wound up, they're just kind of no, just kind of thrown. They're not they're not like high energy wound up. Like, yeah, obviously, it takes time, more energy than to throw a punch, but mm-hmm. it's not as if he's throwing spinning back kicks they take up like a lot of energy
0: but they do I think they do take a a good bit of energy everything's going to take energy over five rounds like but I think I think that extra if you're you're
1: just windmilling head kicks yeah but if you're selectively throwing head kicks without big wind ups I don't think it's uh He's about to run out of gas here. Like I think that, that narrative obviously is is there for a reason. No, I don't think that's them. a
0: narrative. I don't think I like I think I said that, but I don't think many people said that. Like and I say that because of the Diaz, the second Diaz fight where he just threw leg kicks and he threw true not one spinning kick, I don't think, throughout that whole fight. Actually he threw one, but no 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 big ones to the heads or at the head or anything. And I feel like he did that because okay, it's a tactical thing, but I think it's to do with the the cardio as well and sparing himself for going five rounds and I don't know. I like. I just feel like one fifty-five is his weight. I think everyone would like agree on yeah. that. That he's he's best at one fifty-five. He's too much one forty-five. And 170, I think against Usman and Covington, them, them lads are just too big and too good of wrestlers for him uh, at his size. So like, why not just fight at 155? Okay, it's all right. I, I actually this one is okay because it was his comeback fight. He was fighting Cerrone, and Cerrone's fight at 170, fine. But I feel like now we need if he's fighting Masvidal, okay, fight at 170. If that's the fight next, I don't, I don't personally like that fight too. I like the fight. I, if the fight comes on, I'll absolutely love it. But I, I, just feel like it's not the right move. Like, and it's me. I'm looking at this right from an MMA fans' point of view. I'm looking at it from you know i want to see the best fighters in the best position at the best time like mcgregor right now he's only fought twice in the ufc at 155 that's fucking that's sacrilege like to me that's that's actually sad like imagine like one of the best fighters of the generation only fighting twice
1: back back in when he first over the ufc he already was a 155 and they kind of forced him down to 145 and he kind of obviously you're on a run you're in that division you don't want to you don't want to move up. You want to take that belt, but uh, just like I think, fifty-five is his natural, his most natural weight, yeah. like you say. But I, uh, I think, I think it was a smart move because now, obviously, the the Masvidal fight has opened up. the The Usman fight is even being talked about. Obviously, uh, loads of fights at one fifty-five. Uh, the 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 Nate Diaz fight could happen at, at either at any time as well so this, it just gives them loads more options like you see all these guys like uh Usman and Masvidal turning up at the fight trying to mm-hmm. draw attention to themselves like <laughs> I, do, I think do, I think like you know uh, MMA isn't just fighting you gotta you gotta give yourself options you gotta make big fights like is, mm-hmm. I think people are kind of just looking at it as ah oh, well like uh I, before it was when it when was it one seventy people like ah oh, like he probably just doesn't want to fucking train that hard or doesn't want to cut the weight but I think yeah. it's more opening up the options and thinking well this guy's 55 or I'm a 55 or so why not just fight at our normal weights That's Just clo- closer to a normal weights
0: do you think Usman was actually hacked
1: no of course not
0: <laughs> I don't either No, like I don't think anyone You're the joking. right mind and
1: people still believe that shit like yeah, or, people, oh, I, had loads of people... I was hacked like,
0: well, yeah. like <laughs> these are like the worst excuses in the book <laughs> that was like me I tweeted out like winning is this isn't the word fuck America and he's like I'm hacked <laughs> It's like not at all. That's do
1: you think it yeah, was just him or I Ali? Something that every time, oh, well, like, oh, I don't know. If you if you give your
0: details, your, your your Twitter details, to Ali, then you deserve whatever happens. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And the other one, what do you think of Masvidal wearing that thing? Like McGregor, absolutely fucking hated that afterwards. The the role. Yeah, it was just wow. I,
1: I don't know. I, I didn't get what, really what he was going for. It just kind of didn't work.
0: It made no sense. Like, like I think Masvidal is actually a bit like that. I remember he showed up at that way or that uh, press conference wearing like a Tony Montana suit and all. Like,
1: yeah.
0: I, I don't. I didn't get that either. To be honest.
1: Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just. You, Trying too hard, I think that yeah. that's it. You, you can smell the the desperation off it. I think who was it who tweeted saying, uh, oh, something, something about the desperation of these guys at 170 begging for a fight with Connor?
0: Yeah, was, was fighter yeah, yeah, it was Nate yeah. or something, was it? Yeah, maybe, but it's weird because I I actually uh, Masvidal is a weird one because, right, everything he's done outside of the cage. Uh, you know there's bits and pieces that have been good but i think a lot of it has been like very cringy and not good but his his fighting has been obviously unbelievable over the last year 18 months or whatever and for him to be kind of come like not a star per se but like the rock has shown up to his fight and you know loads of people seem seem to love him he's loved in miami and stuff like that it's a weird one because usually that doesn't happen unless you know you're mcgregor outside the cage and inside of the cage or chael getting to a title fight and talking outside of the cage as well he's a he's a it's an odd example, Masvidal, I suppose. But, yeah. Well, I think
1: it was the Askren thing. A lot of people didn't like Askren that's and true. wanted him. And he said, I'm going gonna to destroy this guy. And he delivered. And people like when you say what you're going to do and you deliver spectacularly with a mm-hmm. flying knee in five seconds or whatever it was. Yeah. So I think that's what b- built the momentum. But he, he doing weird things like this probably doesn't help the momentum, but it doesn't hinder it too much.
0: Yeah. Right. I was planning to speak for like two minutes about that. <laughs> 22, so let's uh, we better to talk about the fights that actually happened last night. I should have said at the start, this is a well. I'm recording this in like my sitting room because there's someone just fucking boring holes and walls next door, so if you hear that in the background. My, my apologies, but fucked him, so there's nothing I can really do here anyway. But um, do you know what? Actually, I was thinking, like, even the, there's like a, a team of all these fights over the last couple of weeks or the last week or so. And uh, this is a very broad point now, but it happened a little bit with McGregor. The very first shot he threw, it happened with RDA last night. It's happened with Aaron Pico in the past. I think it happened with JDS. And it's, it's the the in between of throwing shots and letting your hands go and not. Like I think in MMA, there's a. It's very hard to pick pick your poison. You know, do I attack someone? Go all out and throw my shots? Or do I stand back and pick my shots a little bit more? Like For a while, I think, you know, with the, maybe the McGregor-Alvarez fight being maybe the apex of that, where he was picking his shots, and we saw there was a lot of that in MMA for a while, and I thought like, the striking was getting to another level with you know, MVP and Wonderboy and Rory McDonald used to do it, and GSP with his jab, and it was really becoming a technical striker's game there for years and years and years. Now... I think it's actually changing a little bit again because we, we see the likes of those lads not doing it as much anymore. Now McGregor's only had 40 seconds since then, so maybe not with him. We'll see with his next one. But RDA used to be a guy who used attack but picky shots very well, watching back the Cerrone fight this week. JDS used to be like that as well and others. Do you feel like that's a big thing? Is it? Isn't it? Like I know you watch obviously a lot of sparring and preparation and stuff with Connor and other guys. You know, down through the years, filming documentaries and different things. Is that something like that's big, hugely worked on? Did that kind of the in betweens of actually throwing your hands a lot and picking your shots? Um,
1: I don't know. I think it depends on the opponent, and I think you know maybe maybe people like Wonderboy or fights like Wonderboy and Woodley and, and things like that where it can just kind of, if the other guy is not willing to kind of play your game mm-hmm. and he's just willing to wait it out as well, it just turns into one of those fighter, one of those fights yeah. and nobody wants to be, you know, nobody wants to be criticized after a fight. Like no, like fighters are very sensitive. <laughs> so maybe that's part of it as well. But I think, you know, when there's an evolution or somebody's on the cutting edge, other people see that and try to like do things to counteract that. Mm-hmm. And it's just natural. That, like the MMA is just... It's always changing. Like we talk about, all oh, you're out for two years, everything changes. But if you're, even if you're out for six months, if you're if you're out injured with an ACL or something, you're not training for six months. There's going to be new jujitsu jitsu things. There's going to be new everything. There's, like it's always evolving. And it's always changing. And guys, like for years, guys could could just uh, against wrestlers could just rip up arm bars and rip up triangles. But it's extremely rare to see an arm bar these days, and mm-hmm. pretty rare to see a triangle now. And it's just like that. Obviously, it's happening quicker because. Uh it's happening quickly on like you know you see guys like uh uh henry cejudo for example able to change his whole striking style in between yeah. fights yeah it's just it, there's just higher level athletes with higher levels of iq uh, there's more tape out there to study there's more it's just more it's easier it's easier to learn and evolve and catch up but if you put the work in
0: it's maddening because there's a times we look at MMA and we think like, okay, this has evolved a lot over the last few years. But what point? At what point is it gonna stop? Like we've some excellent fighters in the world now, like Demetrius Johnson being just just so good in every area for those years he was in in the UFC and then still now and all and John Jones and everything. But it's changing. There's a lot of improvements Mick. Like I've spoken about John Jones over the last few months, and I actually think his style. Is being not found out per se, but he's going to have to change things up if he wants to continue yeah, being the best. Yeah, definitely. In the world. Yeah.
1: If you looked at all like the all the wrestling success before and all the Muay Thai success and just how slowly that kind of gets figured out, and then yeah. and then you see you know Dillashaw goes out there and absolutely destroys Henanbrey, or Connor mm-hmm. goes out there and absolutely destroys Aldo, and it's gonna. Kind of the end of, of Muay Thai as the dominant striking, yeah. um, Jiu Jitsu as well.
0: It was the dominant thing for years. And yeah, it's kind of wrestling,
1: like you know, guys like Rashad or you know, obviously Rashad became more well rounded as the fight went on. But he was basically just a wrestler uh, in the Ultimate Fighter, and he was just able to beat all these heavyweights because he he could wrestle and they couldn't do anything about it. I mean, that's kind of if you're just a wrestler now, you're just going to get destroyed.
0: Yeah. It was funny, I was talking to someone as well the other day and this this is a bigger point, but we're talking about like athleticism and MMA and jiu-jitsu and different things and like if a big athletic guy is the person I was talking to mentioned uh uh Tough Ten, you know, when they all was it Tough Ten, and was the, you know the one with Kimbo and Matt Brynn Brendan Schaub, all those NFL guys coming in came in and you could see the difference in athleticism between them and the guys who've maybe been fighting for five years or ten years or whatever it is. Like with better athletes going. yeah even, uh, but you even, still had
1: you still had like you know your man big baby like drawing tr- up triangles and stuff and yeah uh, still like it's a, if you think about like how much it evolved then it's evolved mm-hmm. even more times since then
0: yeah but you look at say like your man uh, Khalil Roundtree remember that fight he just came out he went to Thailand for like three months and he came back and he was fucking fighting like Wonderboy things like that I remember like that That happens now because as you said a different level of, of athlete even Sarah McMahon coming back you know she had a, a baby and stuff last night she came back and she looked good against Lena andro who you know isn't the athlete that she is well there
1: is like there is like if you're uh, there is options if you're a super athlete you always hear about for example these nfl guys oh they could have done baseball they could have done basketball they could have done tracks and they could have done football footballs where the money is football and basketball and where where the money is so they're going to go towards there but guys see people or guys growing up kids growing up teenagers with super um, speed and athletic ability they see people like Conor McGregor people like whatever Nate Diaz people making a lot of money and, mm-hmm. and they they think oh maybe this is for me you know maybe we won't get that very super level of athlete for for a while like for example LeBron James who's like you know probably touted since he was in high school for for basketball maybe they'll still go to basketball but these kind of just below level athlete might think oh you know i can use my skills to do this and um obviously it's a you have you have you have like wrestling and stuff which which guys would have done in in american schools but there's no real payday and that's so what they just leave that mm-hmm. And they go it, to a different sport. Yeah. I so you're just going to get these guys. Like, for example, we mm-hmm. uh, uh, really like loads of examples of, of guys in the NFL, for example, who, if they had went to MMA at a young age, could have been champions, but they just they just didn't. And we'll never know. Yeah. But maybe in the next generation, these guys will give MMA a try and uh, be able to pick up uh, striking really quick or be real natural, uh, whatever it is, jiu-jitsu and... Um, people like John Jones uh, maybe maybe he's an example of a guy who could have done could have done other things I don't know uh, exactly maybe you know maybe he could have been a, a track star or, his shape
0: uh, is kind of built for MMA though isn't it like I don't think his shape is particularly good for any other sport really. well may, uh, basketball yeah. or something I he's not know. that tall though he's only what 6 foot, six foot 4 yeah or something I suppose like that. yeah, those guys are like 6'9 yeah I don't think he's particularly like fast to play like as a tight end or a wide receiver and in in um, American football, but yeah. so I think we'll
1: get more kind of naturally gifted athletes yeah. like John Jones. I agree. Um, yeah. Just be, because the money's there and because the the fame and celebrity and all that stuff is there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Like uh, Derek Henry. That's it's, it's like, that.
1: you know, like an NFL career. Well, this is a few years ago now, but the average NFL career is like three years, and you yeah. and you I come out with a, a more, with a lot of there? damage.
0: Like we had a lot of yeah. that time, and there hasn't really been many since, has there?
1: yeah that's true
0: greg hardy as well do you know what i always thought geez, we're going completely off topic here again i've always thought um over in new zealand and australia like lads coming through there those athletes over there that are like almost like super rugby level or something maybe just don't make it like lads 22 23 years of age I'm amazed more of them I suppose Volkanovski might be one actually but more of them don't come through and become but you
1: know maybe like you know Sonny Bill Williams started uh, boxing years ago maybe he would have, if the situation was like it is now maybe he would have thought MMA Mm -hmm. you know uh, or maybe somebody like you know you can be you can be a top 50 rugby player in the world and not get in that New Zealand squad yeah that's how good they are sometimes. Mm-hmm. So some, some, some of them guys we haven't even heard of. Like, you you, you might be a dedicated follower of rugby, like Naam McGrath, for example. Yeah. A former player, like, mm-hmm. you know, life went in the way, <laughs> would have been a pro and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and guys, and, okay. and uh, the, New Zealand can start, can start a, a number eight that you've never heard of and he can be the best player on, on the pitch in a World Cup final. That's how much talent they have over there.
0: Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like it actually, it's like Dublin fucking Gaelic football. Like it's almost that level. But yeah, it's very good. Right, let's get into some of these fights. We're gonna spend about nine hours doing this podcast. Um, I know you didn't see all the the Bellator, so I'm gonna run through some of it. Chris Iberg, I suppose, in, in the main event. It, to me, it, yeah. it didn't look like a. What was you, for b-
1: before before the <laughs> Sarah, uh, what's her name Sarah McMahon. Um, Julia Bud. Julia Budd hadn't hadn't turned up when. Sorry, Cy- yeah, getting yeah. What was her. that about?
0: I saw you I retweeted uh, Connor
1: McGregor turned up late <laughs> for uh, or turned up uh, just in time for his fight. So maybe it's a new trend.
0: Did he? Was or, it, I thought he was. I thought they like shot a. Oh, was that for the for what the weigh-in or for the? I think was, the not for fight? the
1: fight. I think there was like two fights ago, but. It, uh, when he got to the locker room
0: really i didn't hear that is that i think that's breaking news
1: did a video about it about, uh, right. uh i saw chael shite on. It. he did like f- his five round thing um after the event and one of them was about connor not feeling pressure and all that stuff and turning up late as if it was no big deal and all that. not late but like you know other fighters like to get there in plenty of time <laughs> yeah.
0: so how much time did he have before the fight when he turned up like
1: I couldn't tell you exactly um cuz um, I couldn't tell you exactly what Chael was saying there was two fights left in the in the main card
0: that doesn't seem like much, does it?
1: Before the Connor fight, yeah. That's
0: like a half an hour or an hour. Well, an hour might be. Yeah, bad, I think so, yeah. It's yeah. all right, I suppose, yeah. Like, you'd see a lot of lads, many... That happens in boxing, like, a lot of the time. Many Pacquiao used to turn up, like, watch a fucking uh, basketball game and then turn up and, and warm up before he's fighting. Yeah. I suppose it's Usually not that Usually, though, amazing. like,
1: you know, the UFC would show, like, oh, here's Conor and yeah. Donald, or whoever the main event arriving before the pay-per-view even kicks off mm-hmm. and kind of get... You know, um, when they're Dana White yeah. and Joe Rogan are shouting at people to try and get them to buy the pay per view. It, it,
0: it did show him at one stage, but I didn't really. Maybe it didn't take any notice. Maybe it was. Maybe it was only an hour before or something. But they did show him. So yeah, that's odd, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, she didn't turn up late I as well. Mean, Julie, she
1: was exaggerating, and um, maybe she was exaggerating. But maybe, I, I think yeah. it was. It was like you know, uh, turning up, like you know, uh, a lot of guys turn up early and kind of get in the locker room early and start warming up and you know because you have to talk to the commission you have to get your gloves done you have to yeah. or your wraps done. your gloves. you have to you know pee in a cup or whatever you have to do a few things like it's not just uh here we are put on my gear let's go mm-hmm.
0: come here to me if the don't mind these fights we'll get into them them in a second what do you think of this uh stephen S. smith thing like him saying, do only quitting." Oh my god! I, I, we're lucky we actually didn't do the podcast two hours ago because I was enraged by the thing he he came out and said last night. He's a fucking idiot. Like he's a fucking dope. I hate. See,
1: so what he wants is to get people talking. Yeah, either way, it, yeah. and that's kind of his job. <laughs> and he, enraging you is like he's probably he's like, oh, some people will agree with me, and some people will be enraged, and either way, people be talking about me. Exactly. And as he said in that video, you know, that he kind of prefaced it afterwards or said afterwards, "Oh, it's not just me. It's Rogan. It's Ariel. It's J." Or whatever, but he said, "Look at the numbers. Like, it's not bad for the sport. It's not bad for ESPN. Look at my numbers. No, you can't really argue with that.
0: You can argue with that though, because just saying someone, you know, look at numbers. If someone puts up a fucking video of uh, someone if, getting if, if, if killed, it's, it's, it's going to get numbers. Like, it doesn't opinion, mean
1: it's good." Okay. He's not. He's not claiming to be like an MMA expert. Like we saw that terrible video of him trying to hit pads. Mm-hmm. Or did you see that? I did, you know, yeah. he's obviously no MMA expert or whatever. But uh, he's not claiming to be. He's saying this is what he taught. And I've heard way worse opinions from non-MMA fans. He just happens to be on TV. But he's meant to be his controversial personality he come out with.
0: Do we need that I like... It's American
1: I hate TV. That. Like Fuck if you American. like, what's that, Shannon and? and um
0: skip bayless uh, yeah.
1: skip bayless like that's that's like another show that does that as well people like that but this is supposed to be espn
0: though this is espn like the world yeah. leader in sports and they're doing this like this is that's bullshit like fuck that like so uh, since Cerrone quit and everything oh he got a few shoulders in the face he broke his fucking nose and broke his orbital bone like mcgregor yeah. shattered no, his face
1: disagree it's a wrong opinion but you know when he comes out afterwards and says basically like uh you can you can disagree with me but I'm sticking to my opinion I can yeah. I can respect oh, that more definitely. than oh no I got some criticism now what you have a different opinion
0: yeah alright fair enough for me. I, I know, <laughs> <laughs> he got me like he, he definitely got me but anyway uh, actually as well No, we'll get into that later. Right, this Cyborg fight. So, it came out early. And Cyborg, I thought, was clinching a bit much. You know, McGregor talked last week about, I want to go in there and get rounds under my belt. And that was a complete lie. And he knocked him out in 40 seconds. But Cyborg, it seemed to me like she wanted to get rounds under her belt. She was very, you know, she was clinching. She was winning in the clinch for most of the time. She was landing some shots. But did okay early. But Cyborg was was winning the clinch. And she got a knockdown at the end of round one. Uh, In round... And that kind of, I was in, yeah, in round one, she got the knockdown. It was kind of the same in, in round two. Then in round three, I thought Bud was kind of winning the clinch Shirley. She did a good job but Cyborg started to open up a bit in the middle of round three, and she got a knockdown, got some great ground the pound, almost finished it late, uh, and the start round round 14, she was completely picking her shots, she was landing some very good combos, landing at will, really, straights down through the middle were very good, and uh, the body shot finished her off. Like, all in all, what you know, we talked to myself and Andy to the podcast last week talking about this fight, and, like, to me, this, this fight was... A very easy fight for Cyborg, you know. um Julia but didn't really have many ways of winning it. I don't think she, she, you know, she's a big, strong woman, and you know, so is Cyborg. Is she going to be noticeably stronger than Cyborg that it's going to make a difference? She's going to be able to take her down. I didn't think she ever was, and she wasn't. And when that didn't happen, I don't think there was any way back for her really. Like, it's this is the only thing, and I said this before. Cyborg actually went to Bellator, and when she signed for Bellator. Are we back now to Cyborg just beating the shit out of people for the next few years? And to me, that's a little bit sad. Like, what do you think about the the fight in Cyborg over the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, well, um, looking at the the current Bellator roster, there probably isn't much past a you know a year's worth of fights before it's it's very it's very threadbare. But you never know who's going to come through. Um, now that now that she is signed to Bellator, maybe they will. You know. Be looking to sign more talent around her weight, mm-hmm. or or put her in. They could probably do, um, you know, super fights in quotation marks w- with her and and other other divisions. But it's just as you say; it's just kind of we've seen this all before. Um, yeah, um, I don't like back to the Julia Budfy. I don't think she was trying to get rounds into her because that's a very bad plan when you when you're known to get tired. And she looked tired at the end when when she was celebrating. Um, I just think maybe she's. She's not as, go, girls don't fear her as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. They don't crumble when she hits as as much as they used to. Maybe that's a thing that she doesn't have as much power or maybe it's just a mental thing. Yeah. Um. I think people were like, even Rhonda kind of wasn't too interested in fighting her at the time, even when she was like full of confidence and thought she was unstoppable or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that aura around her is gone, which, which uh, maybe affected how long, like, Maybe if Julia board had been hit with similar punches in the first round, uh, previously she would have been. This other girls, or maybe not her, but other girls would have been like, "Okay, I've had enough here."
0: Mm-hmm. I want to see her fight Shanae Kavanaugh. I've I've a bit of a soft answer for Sinead Kavanaugh. You can call me bias or whatever, Irish, but I feel like that'd yeah. be a good fight. Like Sinead's a She'll very good stand. Yeah.
1: Like with Cyborg, Cyborg would probably be happy with somebody to stand with, or not to have to worry about the takedown. Sinead would be happy with that as well. Uh you could you could do it in in Ireland, make mm-hmm. it a, a big event, like sell out the the point or the what's three it, the tree arena. Three arena. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, it, w- it definitely would get people over here excited. Mm-hmm. Uh people in the UK and Ireland, um, obviously have have. I watched Sinead Kavanagh throughout the years, know who she is, and obviously everybody knows who Chris Cyborg is, so that, that's a big fight that Beltrick could make.
0: Yeah, and she beat Olga Rubin as well, you know, arguably beat her. Uh, she beat Leslie Smith. Leslie Smith, Smith. she definitely yeah. beat Leslie Smith, yeah. Them fucking judges have an they there. What they're doing, the judges' union will be after me now after this, but yeah, yeah, I don't like, I think that'd be a good fight, you know, you obviously have to favour Cyborg to win the fight, but I feel like it'd be a good, exciting fight, and there, there isn't really much other people standing out there, so. Yeah, make it happen over the next... Maybe maybe Sinead needs one more big win. Making weight as well is a, obviously a big thing for her, obviously, but up at 145, I think she be, should be all right. But yeah, good win for Cyborg and good to get her belt, or career, uh, underway. The first round, I believe, of the featherweight tournament didn't happen next. Darian Caldwell defeated Adam Boricks, I think it was his first loss of his career. Brilliant performance by by Darian Caldwell. You know, he's lost to Haraguchi twice over the last what, 18 months or so. And a lot of people... You know, downplaying him. I I thought Barrocks would win this, uh, you know, I, I won't lie. But Caldwell came out there. I thought it was brilliant, uh, the way he kind of clasped his hand in front of the stomach of Adam Barrocks and just controlled him there and landed a shot and was able to get the uh, the choke underneath it in John McCarthy, I thought commented on it very well and explained it afterwards as well. Very, very well. So I think he's fighting uh AJ McKeaneck. So that should be a fun fight, shouldn't it?
1: Yeah, that'll be a great fight. Mm-hmm. Like Darren Caldwell, like if you if you look at him, like he's such a like if you look at him as a first round fighter, for example, before he gasses out, mm-hmm. he's he's absolutely dominant. He yeah. like even even the Haraguchi fights, like uh, uh, he was doing, like he basically just gets caught in submissions or tires out and yeah. and loses a decision in his fights. You know, I think that's that's the thing you can correct not easily but easily enough compared to like a, a gap in your actual skills i think all the skills are actually there for him to be to beat anybody uh in in the division outside yeah. the UFC, especially like and and even cause a lot of problems at the top of the the UFC's division as well.
0: Mm-hmm. He's a flawed fighter, but a very good fighter at the same time. And I think Barak's a good fighter as well, and he'll be back. And you know, anyone can get caught by I, I don't know if it's a like fight
1: that. IQ thing, or if it's a getting tired yeah, thing, man. or if it's a if it's a touch of the Melvin Gillards where you just can't defend rear naked chokes, or you can't defend guillotine chokes, or whatever. Yeah, um, but I think it's more. He just gets tired or loses concentration while he's on top, and ends up getting caught in these these submissions that he's been caught in. Obviously, he's got a really good record still, and he's beaten some really good guys. And this is a really big win for him. Mm-hmm. And maybe he has already dealt with these problems. And obviously, Haraguchi is a, a top fighter as well. So you can't really, you know, he it was they're both good good close fights until uh, until the guillotine in the first one and over five rounds in the second one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah like he's he's definitely got a lot of potential still um he's a young guy as well like he or he's not old but he's he's young in the game like he's 32 he's young in the game he's he's got time and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he became the the champion uh, in the near future
0: yeah, tough one next against AJ McKee I'd have to favour AJ McKee <laughs> yeah. in that side. yeah. I don't a... know I don't know if I'd favour oh, AJ
1: McKee in that one like oh. I don't know Caldwell can get him down and I think he'd be like he, he he's patient mm-hmm. he, you know I I or he, he cause a lot of problems here to, it'll be very yeah interesting very interesting football, like yeah. um, um, it's an exciting fight it's it's one of the most exciting fights they could have hoped for really in the, in the tournament
0: yeah, I'm not a big fan of tournaments, but that featherweight tournament belt draw tour is fucking brilliant. And uh, Pedro Cavalli obviously fighting Pitbull as well for the title here coming up in a couple of months as well. So Irish MMA doing well there, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Juan Arceleta beat Henry Corrales. My, my skybox like stopped, and I don't know if there are stormers up near, so I didn't. I only caught like a few minutes of that, but I saw Boone at the end of it, and I'm not sure why they were boom, but maybe I'll be able to watch that fight and we'll talk about it in the Q and A or something. Then Sergio Pettis made his bantamweight debut as well or uh, his Bellator debut even sorry and got a first round submission over yeah. Ka- uh, look very good like uh Josh Thompson I think was it Josh Thompson on the commentary I think it was was talking about him ca- catching him right down through the middle and he kept doing it throughout the whole fight and Pettis was like oh it was like taking candy from a baby just land and land and he you know he hurt him and jumped on that guillotine very like Sergio Pettis is a guy who's gonna go over here and gonna beat a lot of these guys very easily as well isn't he
1: yeah, I, th- I think so. I, th- I don't know. It just seems. It seems like he has the. Like, if you asked him to do a technique in the gym, he'd be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. But putting it together consistently has been his problem.
0: Yeah. I think consistently is the right word there because he has been able to do it. Like, he beat Joseph Benavides, didn't he? Like, that's you, you're not a good fighter if you, or you're not a bad fighter if you beat Joseph Benavides at any stage of, of your career. Like, but yeah, it's consistently. Like, lo- losing to, okay, Rob Fonten and Juicy Farmiga, both good fighters. But after beating Joseph Benavides, that, you know, it is a bit of consistency. Like, he's a little bit like his brother as a similar as I I, I I know I don't I don't want to slag Joe Groves or anything, but I feel like I I was thinking last night watching Arnold Allen. We'll get to him later on. I'd love if Anthony Pettis went to uh, went through uh, to um, Tristar and Sergio as well. I think that it'd benefit him. Your solution, so your much.
1: solution for everybody is go to Tristar.
0: us <laughs> uh, Abbey is really good, <laughs> in fairness, but like I'm, Jesus, Anthony Pettis just frustrates me so much. I talked about it last week. Yeah, but look, Sergio did very very well and good guillotine here, and a lot of the Irish lads have been talking about fighting him. So Sergio Pettis versus James Gallagher soon maybe. You know, James needs to step up and well, he's, he's to fight Cal Allen or for, uh, for some. you know, maybe it might be well, we need to see it the
1: as, AJ um, McKee fight at some stage as well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of fights there, so not a lot of names. Um, your boy Raymond Daniels came in here and got a a big uh, TKO, thought he uh, thought he looked good, thought he, thought he did well. Um, Uh, You know, throwing lots of shots, nice straight shots down through the middle. I thought Mike Beltran was absolutely fucking horrendous in this, though. Your man, what's his name? Jason Knight was down, and he looked... Or King, sorry, Jason King was down. He looked hard. He was out of it, and he was, like, wobbling up. It looked like he was taking the piss at first. But then he got knocked down, like, a second time, and he was doing it again. And at that point, it should have been stopped. But Raymond Daniels went down. And, uh, and landed a lot more shots, uh, unfortunately, for uh, for uh, Jason King. And then his wife was fighting in the fight before him, Emily King. And she beat Ava Knight, who I believe is like a world champion boxer or something like that. But uh, she looked like a fish up a tree on the ground. Absolutely terrible. And uh, Emily King just came in and destroyed her on the ground. Like, I talk all the time, you know, about jujitsu doesn't work at a high level and everything. But that's because the jiu- level of jujitsu is so good that it's hard to get an advantage over other people because everyone else's Jiu-Jitsu is so good. But when someone has Jiu-Jitsu, like fucking purple belt level Jiu-Jitsu and someone else is a boxer and they come in there, the gap is so big. <laughs> it's just, it's just unbelievable. And this was a great example of that. So, you know, it, it, Jiu-Jitsu is, is still an unbelievably effective tool if the other person doesn't have it, <laughs> basically. So.
1: Well, Jiu-Jitsu is, mm-hmm. defensive Jiu-Jitsu jiu is just r- working really well.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right, then on the undercard, uh, your boy AJ Agazarm won, uh, I believe, uh, I didn't I actually see that final, I must go and watch it as well, but uh, apparently it was shite. Um, Anthony Taylor as well beat Chris Sevilla with his wrestling, all. Chris Sevilla was gone for a few uh, submissions up, but didn't get it, and Aaron Pico what? came back, good to see, uh, what, 2 on 9 it was good to see Aaron Pico back, he looked very, very good, looked sharp. Um, that. KO as well, A fucking vicious KO, like, he knocked him out with his wrist, it was like the, the, he knocked him out basically with the wrappings of his glove, it was unbelievable the way he threw he threw a lovely kind of, he was, I don't believe it was a fake front kick, but he was like throwing the front kick, and then he kind of pulled out of it when it was almost landing so his opponent was waiting for the front kick and then uh pico threw the left hand right after and caught him with this fucking strap of his glove and knocked him spark out i I hope the guy is okay because at the end of the fight where i was watching it he was still down so i hope he's okay but that was a vicious vicious knockout good to see pico back isn't it we still have high hopes for him, pico
1: yeah um he, like obviously if you look at his record it's not great but he was he was pushing there too early we said it at the time like there's obviously if you're being if you're a big prospect and being paid extra they want to they don't want to put you they don't want to michael venom paid you basically yeah. but they did the opposite of that now and um it's unfortunate for him but you know five and three now a couple more wins and you're kind of back to where you should have been everybody can kind of be like ah oh, well that was the start of your career and you, you've turned the corner and um, maybe he has or maybe just this is the when he fights this level of guy he's going he's gonna to win spectacularly but when he steps up he's going to lose maybe that's the case but we're yet to see it he definitely wouldn't write him off yet or wouldn't crown him yet but mm-hmm. there's definitely still a lot of questions around him Um um, because of how he's been handled uh, opponent wise.
0: Mm-hmm, 100%. Right, let's move over and talk about the UFC last night. Obviously, uh, Junior Dos Santos versus Curtis Blades in the main event. And this one, to me, was a big, big step up for Curtis Blades. Like, on the rewatch this week over on Patreon, I watched his fight versus Alistair over him. And if you listen to that, I, t- I talk about his willingness to throw strikes really only to kind of open up things and to you know, to throw strikes because he kind of needs to throw strikes and not wait too much and get the takedowns, pick his times and get them against over him. Last night, he wasn't really doing that. He, well, he was still doing that, but he was also throwing his shots when he, you know, not not just when he needed to throw them to keep active, he was actually throwing them to land shots. And he was countering Junior Dos Santos. When he was throwing that uppercut, you know, uh, they kept mentioning it on the uh, on the broadcast about the uppercut. Over him did the same thing. He was coming with the uppercut. Any of those big wrestlers, especially at heavyweight, lads are waiting there and they're waiting to throw the uppercut. And he found a way around it. You know, he was waiting for the uppercut and he was countering it, or he was coming in getting too close where he couldn't land it, and he was coming right up through the middle. I thought he's take down, um, good. Take down the fence from Junior Santos at the start and good footwork as well to kind of get away from Blades. But yeah,
1: but when you fight with that, you fight in a stance kind of defending the take down before it even happens it takes away your it it takes away a lot of your striking like he he basically wanted to do the same thing he did against Velasquez as as Blades mentioned he was just going to try and throw that uppercut Mm -hmm. and you could hear I think it was Cormier on the (laughs) commentary being like he needs to stop throwing that uppercut with no setup. it's it's just bad news and then boom Mm -hmm. but um, yeah I think De Santos was much too worried about what Blades was going to do
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, it's tough, though. It's like what I was talking about at the start. When, like, what's the way you go? Do you throw those shots and not worry at all about what he's gonna do? Or Are you going like McGregor with a flying knee and getting taken down after fifteen seconds against Habib? Like that's.
1: But I don't think Bl- Blades is a good wrestler and all that. Yeah. He has credentials in wrestling, but in terms of MMA wrestling, he isn't dominant. There's no need. Like mm. I don't he's think good. you need to adapt. What? Yeah, he's good, but you don't think you need to change your whole game because it's that big of a a threat. Like you know, when he was going for those takedowns, a lot of them were were not set up. A lot of them were reach and. And if Junior was was fighting his normal his normal stance, maybe he could have pinged off a few shots. But yeah. he ju- he just seemed very worried about what Blaze is going to do.
0: Yeah, actually, I tend to agree with you. I think like, and it's because like you're giving him you're giving yourself enough room to hang yourself, like because because of being in that kind of bad striking position blades was winning the striking like, because it, i thought the first one was close now in fairness because jds did land a yeah, couple of those it's uppercuts. basically like
1: oh well done you kept it on the feet the whole time but you still lost You're the, still
0: the last, rest yeah. <laughs> yeah. the first one was caught but the second one like that one two right down the middle obviously that that hurt him and, and ended it was big but that was it was coming like you know as you said i think it was I mentioned it and things it was definitely coming and the thing about you know kind of maybe moving on from the flight Blades has improved an awful lot over the years. He's like Blades is one of the best heavyweights now in the world. He, he definitely has to be right up there, you know. And this fight, I thought, t- took a little bit of a different shape because of what's happened during the week. You know, there's talks of Stipe, uh not being, you know, I'm not being able to fight. Maybe not ever again, but not in the in the interim anyway. He, I think his management came out and said that he's an eye problem. So he's not going to put him back in there to fight and, until that's fixed. So you could be talking about interim titles here. You could be talking about Sipe getting stripped or something. Is DC going to want to the fight their din? You know, if it's Inganu or Blades. Maybe you're talking about Blades versus Inganu again. And I know that's happened. I think it's happened twice before, hasn't it? But Blades has put himself right in the position. Picture because Ingunn was fighting Rosenstruck, you know Rosenstruck's a good fighter as well. So if Rosenstruck wins that, you could see Blades versus Rosenstruck. So like it, it that heavyweight division is in a very very odd position now, um, and we'll see where it's going to go. So there was a bit of pressure coming on Blades, and I think he he handled it well, and it was a uh, it was a good win for him. But
1: be a good time for Jones to finally step up.
0: It would actually, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It really would. Let's see. Yeah, Joy... oh, you
1: need it. You need you need a partner, Daniel. Do you? Yeah, he's, uh, Jones, is <laughs> you and... <laughs> Jones is fighting the pussy. Jones
0: is fighting the two. Weeks as well, and obviously next week's podcast is going to be looking forward to that. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to looking forward to. Actually, it.
1: yeah, that reminds me, how funny was it when Jones was pretending not to hear Daniel Cormier when he was <laughs> complaining about being called a pussy? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, what, what, what? <laughs> Yes, yes, I did call you a pussy.
0: Are you just, do you think I could just go to stand there and let you spit in my face, John? <laughs> <laughs> there was oh, that, between that one and McGregor and Diaz on like the the money channel or yeah McGregor and Diaz on the money channel they were fucking <laughs> those backstage interviews around then were absolutely hilarious remember when that dropped like the hit post are you still there it was like someone leaked it remember that it was it was on the internet and like yeah, it was, it was on or satellite or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. It was fucking
1: brilliant. I think it was it was yeah it was done strategically
0: probably strategically, but yeah. Yeah, like like that account that used to leak those um those UFC previews and things like that. Remember that before it was like this mm-hmm. one account with like six followers, and then I retweeted and things like. Oh yeah, that, that seems normal, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think that H- Hen and Brow song was on that that weird channel.
0: Yeah. What was that? You used to love that song. What was that song again?
1: Uh, Hen 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 Hen
0: Hen and Hen and What a legend. Hen <laughs> and gone is he gone to the tournament? He's gone for the OC anyway, so. Poor old him. Speaking of, Jesus, Brazilians gone to shit, Rafael Dos Anjos lost to uh, Michael Kies and Komen of Inter. Jesus, mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought he looked around. Like, Dos Anjos was, do you remember that Dos Anjos to beat Pettis? Like, this was like the apex of mm. fucking athletes and UFC fighters when he beat Pettis. He fucking destroyed him, went five rounds non-stop. Mm, and and, he, knew bone and all,
1: yeah. he knew this
0: guy. He knew this guy. Looks, it's just, he's a shadow of his former self, isn't he?
1: He is, yeah, um, yeah. A lot of people had a lot of questions, or a lot of there was a lot of grumblings around that Pederson. Uh, I think you were one of them. That Pederson.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's a wild accusation there to be making about I'm me. just, I'm
1: just recalling what, what the the grumblings mm-hmm. from certain uh, <laughs> from man, everybody, basically. Right. Yeah, <laughs> not just you. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think. I think RDA, there's a blueprint to beat him. He's he's not a welterweight. He's like, yeah, not a big guy. He's he's obviously been a um, lightweight for most of his career, but he's a big guy compared to RDA. And I think when when RDA doesn't have the wrestling uh, advantage, he he struggles a lot.
0: Yeah, he lost four of his last five fights now, beating Kevin Lee, which is kind of weird because Kevin Lee was so good in his last fight. But uh, yeah, look, I think RDA... At his best, he's a just a way different level of fighter to Michael Kiesa. I think he's way, way better. Kiesa's is a good <laughs> fighter, but like RDA has a way better skill set than Kiesa. But Kiesa just just destroyed him really over over three rounds. I think there was one round given to RDA by by a couple of judges. You know, did the, the first couple of rounds were I when I destroyed the second round? But he
1: went that late date down. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so.
0: That, that second round was that was really weird because you know looking through my notes, there were very little effective striking in that round. Probably the grappling won it. That, there was a bit of a, that takedown was like a slam takedown, kind of, as well. And I think that might have won it for him. But the first round, like, RDA was... I thought he was too aggressive in the wrong areas. Got taken down in the clinch. Three minutes looking for a rear naked choke. Uh, they got up and Kiesa immediately took him down again. Neither landed much. few low kicks from RDA. And the third in, there was, like, immediately a clinch and a takedown. There was a footlock at him from RDA. And it was never really near. And there was a 50-50 position for a while uh my case got back top. like it wasn't a classic fight didn't really enjoy it that way like case is case is one of these lads that like <clears throat> where is he gonna go he called out colby covington afterwards and i think that would be a good fight i'd like to watch it because it'd be an absolute brawl uh but i feel like that's the exact fight that he's gonna lose like someone who's better in that position at him and then the problem with him is if he can't wrestle someone like that What's he gonna do? Because Colby Covington has good striking. I don't think he's gonna beat him as a striker. You know he's good jujitsu and stuff, Kiesa. But is he gonna like take Colby Covington down and and rear naked choke him? Like I feel like Kiesa's gonna get stuck in that ten to five uh, thing for his whole career. Do you, do you think that? Like Kiesa needs an X factor to become the best fighter in the world, but I don't think he's ever getting that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I like. I didn't expect him to win this fight, so he's Me done. Neither, yeah. He's done better than than I expected, and he did it dominantly. Uh, so maybe welterweight is a, a much better weight class for him, and he is. If he does get a glimpse of your back, he's very good at taking it, and he's got some. You know, he uh, he's got some good uh, rear naked choke finishes. But at the very top level of that division, there's a lot of dominant wrestlers. Like uh, Covington, you mentioned Usman, um, and there's a, even guys like uh, Masvidal and and. Connor, even people like that, like uh, Diaz, probably give him trouble. Kieza, you know, Kieza he'd be in some. He probably give some some good guys some some problems. But at the very top level, I I don't see it.
0: I agree. Yeah. Uh, then after that, you had uh, Alex Perez did a really good job. Got pressure early. Got a body lock and a takedown. Uh, got the arm triangle from the wrong side. Like someone with better jujitsu, know might be able, <laughs> but better with a better jujitsu knowledge than me might be able to explain this, but it seemed to me that this was the arm triangle on the wrong side and in half guard. I'm not, like, it It looked like uh, like halfway between uh, like a Von Fluchuk and an arm triangle. I don't know what it was. It seemed very odd. Like, it was just, it was completely from what, what we're taught. <laughs> you know, if I look at it, the UFC, if I look at it, jiu-jitsu for, my, for the last 10 years talking about MMA, that this was on, like, not on. But I suppose as someone taught me before talking about jiu-jitsu, it doesn't matter if it's technically correct. If you're choking someone, you're choking someone. If they can't breathe, they can't breathe. If the blood isn't gone to their head, the blood isn't gone to their head. So, like, fair play to Perez. He got what he needed to get and... Uh Jordan Espinosa tapped, but yeah, looked, uh, it looked looked a bit odd. Uh your girl Angela Hill did on a very good performance against Hannah Cypher. Cyphers, God, she looked badly outmatched here. Hill looked just way, way, way better than nerds. So I thought she used her lint very well in the first round. Um and just a you know good win. Got a, a nice uh a nice finish. She, you know, she she never let up. And uh, Kevin McDonald, I thought, could have been Uh, a little bit better i hate how he gets so close to the fights at all times it just makes me uncomfortable watching like just back back a little bit if you need to stop the fight stop the fucking fight but there's no need to spend a minute and a half just on top of the people and survive yeah you don't
1: even notice the the referee Uh, a good referee in performance they're not in the shot a lot and you only notice them when they're coming in to stop the fight or you know to separate the the guys at the end of a round Mm that that's when you want to see the ref you don't want to see the ref otherwise.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh Jamal Hill and Bevan Lewis got uh, decision wins, as did Justine Keish and Montel Jackson uh, as well. Herbert Burns got an unbelievable KO from the clinch with a knee, just absolutely brilliant. And then the, the two English lads, Aaron uh, Lallen and Brett Johns, or sorry, Brett uh, English, English oh. sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. whoa, back off the truck there, Johnny. British, British, I should say. Brett Johns. Wales is on Brett Johns very fun fight, you know, did great jiu-jitsu, uh, three rounds with Tony gravely, very, very good, and got the, the rear naked choke in the end, just kind of, outworked oh, him I think, but I'm not sure how far Brett Johns can actually go, I was talking to Andy about it in the podcast there the other day that we did, with that kind of game, I don't think that's going to take you to the very, very top, I think he's going to have to develop more of, um, maybe a dominant wrestling game to go with it, as well as a better striking game possibly, but, He's very, very good on the ground, and once you have that, it's it's a good you know it's it's a good base to uh, from which to build. But a uh, very good display by Brett Johns and Aaron Allen, you know, you're yeah. Ahabi. Just he was brilliant, wasn't he, Aaron Allen?
1: Yeah, I, he was. But I do think Nick Lenz is uh, always been massively overrated. I, uh, I thought
0: he fought well, though. I thought it was a good performance yeah, he, by Lenz.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. He's a good fighter and all that. But I, I think he's he was hyped up a bit too much. Uh, but I like you know, he, he beat Gil Melendez in the fight before that. Uh, obviously, Gil Melendez is, is not the same as what he was a few years ago. But Arnold Allen's beating what's in front of him, looking impressive doing it. He could probably, you know, he could probably do it a finish in, in one of his next fights to really kind of stamp his his, his name in, the, in terms of getting a really big fight in the division. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's no rush. He's he's uh, what is he 16 and one now? Yeah,
0: something like, something that. Something like that, yeah.
1: So yeah, sixteen and one now, and he's still twenty six. So there's there's no rush for him to get into the, t- the title picture. And um, if he like, you know, he has he has a he's on what is he? He's on a. Ten fight win streak is he three six? He's on an eight eight fight win streak, I think, mm-hmm. and so that's that's like nothing to be sniffed at. And if he keeps winning, there'll be no denying him. Like if you have 10, 12, 13 fight win streak, people are going to start talking, and people are going to want you in in a big fight. And um, obviously, there's no rush, but I think he might be ready for a, a proper step up.
0: I agree. I'd love to see him fight someone like Yaya Rodriguez. You know, a, a really big step up like that. He's definitely ready for it. Like, if you beat Gilbert Melendez and, and Nick Lins and you say, what is it, 8th fight, win streak, and Makwad Amrakani's in there as well, and Mads Burnell, who's a very, very good fighter. You deserve that step up, I think. And I think he's definitely ready for it now. Aaron Lallon is...
1: Yeah, sorry, it's actually it's a nine
0: five, five win yeah. 9 five win Yeah, Very you know, very he's another one of these people to start his career nine and one as well, just like Fedor and John Jones and Frank Yeager and GSP, I believe. Loads of people started their career nine and one. He's another one of them. So yeah, very good. Right. Let's end up one or two questions before before we go. There's no real big card next week. There's a one F C card, I believe, but uh nothing really of note on it. And we Jones in the week after, so we'll talk about that next week. I've got
1: a question actually for you, Sean. Go on, tell me. Have you have you been watching the World Champions? Did you, what did you think of the Man United match? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've you a, thought you get away with that because I, yeah, I was overwatching
0: actually I actually have a great Game of Thrones analogy to describe my Man United thing, but it'll be wasted on you, so I don't. I don't really want to say it. You know, so. I'm like so Brand, you I'm like Bran Stark. It's just like I don't really feel anymore. But when it comes to the very end and we're back, I'm just gonna like take my throne as a Man United supporter again. yeah. Uh, Let's look. Fairweather
1: fan, basically, is it? We need yeah.
0: to do a soccer podcast a <laughs> film, actually. We'll have to, we'll probably do one in the next couple of weeks, I suppose.
1: But. So, you, you, you've, you've, like most Man United fans, you've given up on supporting Man City two, two, two or one season and a half was enough.
0: What's the point of supporting them? Like, Liverpool have just walking away with it. It's, do, you, do you not feel a bit embarrassed by like, how close Man United actually got to draw with you at one stage? Like,
1: not at all. No, um, obviously, there was a there was a, one goal right, rightly disallowed for Ronaldo, but the, the very Controversial, the Van Dijk one. Even if you think that's a foul, when, once it's not given by the ref, and Man United have the ball, and it's another phase of play, and that shouldn't be reviewed. But uh, I think it would, if that the the goal had been given for Firmino after Van Dijk challenge with with De Gea, I think that could have been a four, five, six nil to Liverpool. I think Man United were very lucky.
0: Yeah, I've just wiped it from my memory now to be honest but Liverpool actually weren't that good Liverpool seemed to always play badly against Man United I don't know why like I've watched them on other games this season they've been absolutely tremendous You know, a brilliant one of the best teams we've ever seen like take none from Liverpool but again the two games against Man United they've just been bad and we have worked... well, I
1: think it's always been like you know even when like back in the 80s when Liverpool were dominant and even the season what, what was it 70s when Man United got relegated I don't know, yeah. 70, 74, 76 or something yeah. like that um, the, even when they came up the next year they were still always competitive like even when it was a case like with Man City or uh, last year where teams kind of go expecting to lose to the Etihad especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man United never really did that and even when Liverpool were kind of also runs yeah. for, for Morphin, years, they, they'd always, like, yeah. yeah, Liverpool would win 4-1. Like, you know, village yeah. would just Get Rita destroyed by... Smashing in... Yeah, the Saina lobbing the yeah. keeper and Fabio Aurelio whipping in free kicks and just... It would always be a, a kind of form-out-the-window type game.
0: Yeah, it is true. I've never really bought that, but it actually kind of is true, but yeah. Look, I'm kind of... I'm just sad now. <laughs> I don't know what I can say. What am I See, Liverpool to say? Liverpool
1: actually had their hardest game of the season against Wolves, probably their...
0: Uh... Yeah, Adam Atroian, my boy. I fucking... Um, champion of Damatoria For years That man's fucking class
1: Yeah I've he's always told him. you Yeah yeah he's, Like if somebody Like I always kind of said If somebody Go get a hold of him If like for example A could Get a hold of him
0: oh, he'd be, Liverpool should buy him Like he'd be perfect For Liverpool Imagine him coming off the bench for Liverpool. He'd be fucking brilliant. Yeah,
1: he would be, and like yeah. obviously Mane is pulled up on an injury now, and Salah had an injury earlier in the season, and kind of had to play with the injury, with his ankle injury. But if you had, if you had more options, obviously uh, Minamino is another option that we that we signed. What do
0: you think of him? I, I, well, he came him on and
1: he's... immediately got injured, which is uh-huh. unfortunate. Apparently, it's calf, and he had that treatment uh-huh. at half-time and uh-huh. Klopp told him to take it easy, but um. Yeah, I think it'll obviously take a bit of, like, he's come into a team, he hasn't had a pre-season, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. He's coming off a winter break as well, yeah, uh, cool. two weeks off over there. So there's a few factors going on there. And obviously, it's a it's a completely, obviously, Salzburg kind of play a pressing game, but it's a completely different system as well. Like, it's going to take a while.
0: The saddest thing, and we'll move on after this, but the saddest thing for me about soccer now is I hope Liverpool win every other game for the rest of the season in the Premier League just so Man United can say we're the don't. only no no just you say some, that
1: now but Liverpool, when Liverpool are playing and it's like one all or something no, no. and the other team have a penalty you're going to want that penalty to go in I, well, no example.
0: it sure doesn't really matter now but like it doesn't matter no 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 it doesn't no it doesn't I'll explain why because if Liverpool win every other game for the rest of the season then Man United are the only one to have taken points from them
1: but is that not so pathetic that Man United exactly. really like, cling that's, to a that's draw what I'm saying.
0: that's what I'm saying where that's,
1: the ref screwed Liverpool that's like.
0: how badly we've gone. That's how sad it is now as a Man United. Like Liverpool were like this for years. So it's only we've only been this way for a, like a year now. We've you know we've always been struggling, but this way for a year I've been completely pathetic like
1: Remember I said to you at the start of the season that Liverpool were never as like never as far away from Man United in our, my lifetime as 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 uh, Man, ah, Man United were now and you said oh Roy shit. Hod you said oh Roy Hudson but I said no by the end of the season the the gap will be bigger You didn't
0: think Liverpool would win the league
1: I thought Man City would win the league, but I yeah. thought the gap between Man United and Liverpool was the biggest it's ever been. Who said who's, probably...
0: who said Liverpool would win the league? Me. You did. Yeah, and I was dead right. <laughs> Day well
1: we'll see time. we'll see what happens
0: See it feels like it's it's still a bit muted from Liverpool fans like I was expecting it to be a lot worse but like it does. it's not over till it's over yeah, exactly that's I mean, Liverpool fans have, like, uh, have this
1: like have this kind of Man United fans always say um, Liverpool fans always say it's our year it's our year but that's actually not true Liverpool fans do the opposite and are very cautious about saying it's their year they're very Uh, Nervous about Liverpool always said Next year is
0: our year When they were shit like
1: No that's Man and other fans Or or other fans Always say that Liverpool fans Say that kind of thing And do that kind of thing But it's actually The exact opposite of that No, they do
0: Man you know, United fans no, no, Liverpool have always said we're, oh, we're on the way you know we're, this team is good we're just a little bit off Man United you know, just say we're dead like the club I literally put up a picture of Old Trafford burning down that's how bad we are now so yeah, yeah but like Liverpool went
1: through kind of terrible owners with Hicks and Gillette and yeah. obviously like the, these, these guys nearly brought Liverpool to administration and you know um, you, you can turn it around with the right decisions God. but you Do need you to you need to get rid of these owners you need to get rid of these the chief executive yeah. you need to get rid of this manager there's a lot of changes that need to, make, need to be made but it is possible to turn it around like it's just it's just the longer you leave it the, the yeah, less pull Man United will have as well yeah,
0: it's getting worse Do you hear Jamie Carragher saying though oh they spent loads of money what, it's not money spending that they need to do it's like are you a fucking idiot like they don't need to spend money no he's money. right he's, he's, he's not right, right. right. It's, it's, oh, it's,
1: it's not it's, I think what he's saying though is um, you, the way you're saying it is kind of not oh, what he's that's saying exactly I think, what I think, said. He's, that's I think he's saying it's not not like going to throw money out it's not gonna it needs to be it needs to be everything it needs to be money
0: he was he's basically saying like oh no they just need to basically work with what they have Sign a few cheap players and stuff it's like man United need to throw they need to get a better manager and a chief exactly okay, maybe like that. maybe, maybe that, yeah maybe players. maybe maybe
1: Maybe what maybe the best way to do it is to, like people kind of were saying, oh, Ollie will steady the ship. He won't because he's a terrible manager. A terrible but man. you could get somebody to steady the ship for a little while. Just to like you know, any decent manager would be in the top four. At the moment, I don't you know, know. Man squad is so Chelsea bad, like. Chelsea haven't won a game in in months, and they're still in the top four. Yeah,
0: Lampard is. I think Lampard's a good manager, though. Like, I, I he's smart, and I think he'd be good. I think their squad is it's good, but it's but, but like for example, sign. if you
1: had Van Hal or Mourinho still, you, you'd be in the top four, pretty pretty confident mm, at know. the moment.
0: With North, like we saw Lukaku, and now Rashford's out for the rest. Yeah, of the but Rashford
1: wouldn't be wouldn't be injured like that if Ollie wasn't an idiot. Like.
0: That's true as well. Yeah yeah we need to do a <laughs> soccer podcast yeah go on we leave it there right we'll, we'll, uh, yeah we won't yeah we, let's answer one or two questions so um sean dinney what do you think of your gal angie hill's improvements and her killer instinct yeah you've given angela hill a lot of shit over here yeah, i years. think it's
1: a uh style slash ability of opponent uh thing i don't think she's very good angela hill.
0: yeah yeah, I, I didn't agree Uh Patrick Vaughan I'm all severe ads here, I'm asking, answering the questions um, what do you think is next for Dos Anjos last four of his last five fights do you think there's any hope he gets caught? <laughs> no, it
1: depends what money he's on he might be on big money because of his having the belt and signing to fight Conor uh, even though he didn't do it maybe he did what Donald did and, and signed like a, a long term mm-hmm. better contract than, rather than a once off huge payment yeah Maybe that will cost him, but uh, he he could move down to 155 again. You know, there, there's there's fights there for him, and there's fights that will outweigh. But I don't see him ever getting up to a title again. So if he maybe if the, mo- the the only thing that would put him in danger is if he's on the UFC, considering him on too much money, and he just want to take a pay cut.
0: Yeah. All right. Last question here. um At this stage, who's your favorite to win the Bellator featherweight tournament? I, I still think um, I still think AJ McKee is the guy. Like I I'm I, I'm big on AJ McKee. I think he's fantastic. I'm
1: gonna go with Caldwell.
0: Oh, yeah, geez, that's a big call. I I'd have him as probably my my least favorite. I think I think uh I, like that pitbull Carvalho fight is big. I I like I think pitbull will will probably win. Um, but you know he's we tend to forget about the pitbulls as well at times, don't we? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good <laughs> fighter, like
1: very good fighter. Yeah, he is. He is a very good fighter. I, um, yeah, I, I do. Um, Pitbull probably is. Yeah, thinking about it, he probably is the favorite. But I do like. I do think Caldwell can cause him trouble. Um, I, I think he's gonna call Caldwell gonna cause AJ McKee a let's lot of a, trouble.
0: Let's have a bet. I bet you. Let's go double or quits on my like I my uh my, we we bet at the start of the year Mason Greenwood would score more than Ryan B- Brewster and that's basically over already because Brewster's gone and and uh let's be go sure doub-
1: debut there so so um, you never know
0: right let's go double or quits to what do we bet when he in that doubles or quits i'll go aj mckee you go caldwell yeah okay done. grand done right that's it thanks everyone for listening uh really enjoyed this podcast good hour and fucking 15 minute podcast or whatever it is um and we'll be uh, back next week i'll be up back for the q a tuesday mornings please send in your questions i'll probably uh do it sunday night So send in your questions at Severn May Pod. Follow me at Shanchi NBA. Follow Graham at Severn May. SevereMed.com, Patreon.com forward slash SevereMed Podcast. Thanks to everyone who signed up over the last uh, few weeks. It's been overwhelming. Graham, what do what do you think of all those people that have signed up? Thanks to my very good interview with yeah. Conor McGregor, mostly wasn't. It? Remember
1: when you used to uh, you used to call out all the people's names? Now you've gotten lazy.
0: I did it on the I did it on the <laughs> one with Andrew, and I did it on the one with uh, Andy Stevenson over on Patreon. I literally called out like seventy so you, people. You, you, only,
1: you didn't thank them publicly. You just thanked them privately.
0: Well, it was publicly to like the 200 people <laughs> signed up on Patreon, but yeah, it's was very good. What do you think? I
1: don't no, no, fair play. Were uh, we the... Uh, will were we hopefully the, to stick around, yeah, uh, hopefully they will, yeah. continue to support us or just forget to cancel it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, forgetting to cancel it is my one. Were we the only independent, <laughs> in quotation marks, uh, website in the world to interview Conor McGregor last week? I think we were, <sighs> weren't we? One on one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably yeah. T- uh, TSN yeah, so. did
0: it but they're like partners with the UFC and, and ESPN and all Ariel did it and he's with ESPN so Severe MMA world leaders in MMA there you go oh yeah we're actually an award winning podcast as well did you hear that <laughs> no yeah we are um, there's a great um podcast I've mentioned it here before Um the T S O V the, the the Sound of Violence they do a podcast about MMA podcasts it's actually very good if anyone uh, listened to it, please subscribe to them on YouTube and all they're very good and they said this year our Patreon was the best Patreon so they gave us an award for best Patreon so that, I was very proud yeah, of that because them lads are actually very very good so uh, if it was anyone else I'd say ah, fuck that I don't care but them lads are really good and then we were the 7th best podcast they do their top ten podcasts, <laughs> the seventh best MMA podcast in the world. So I'll take that as well. But I've, I'm even broader. What one? What one? I think it was the Heavy Hands, maybe or the comment. Yeah, Heavy Hands. I think comment even podcasting. Them. Like I was a bit. So I thought we should have been top five. I'll be honest, but I'll take seventh. I I, I appreciate that, and I definitely appreciate the best Patreon because we have the best Patreon in the world. And I said it. I said it over the last year that I'm going to make that. that fucking value for money Shawnee Patreon Shawnee Patreon I'm fucking telling you Shawnee value for money that's what I am (laughs) but anyway thanks everyone for listening thank you Graham good to have you back good to have you a a fun podcast today sure and uh, we'll see you all next time we're going to end it as we always do and I actually haven't done in about a month but with the inspirational quote of the week you're never a loser until you quit trying we'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or Sunday